chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Welcome in to another edition of the post game season 23-24. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That, of course, is the expert, Dewey Burke. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com and also Congruity HR, a new sponsor to the show. First time for Congruity on the post game. Check them out for all your HR and payroll needs. Of course, a North Carolina-based company, but national presence. If you're a listener or watcher with a small business, go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Get your free assessment, and they'll handle everything you possibly could need to support your folks while you grow your business. That's congruityhr.com. Dewey, my man, what's happening? Life is good. The only good thing about it getting cold is that Carolina starts playing because I can't play golf anymore. So there better be something else to do. And that's watch our boys play. So a good day. Well, it was uh it's gonna be eighty here in North Carolina Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, and then it'll probably be forty after that. So you know all about those weather changes. But you're right, it is time for North Carolina basketball. They get the win today against Radford. 86-70. Um, just an overall takeaway from you, and then we'll get down into it and sort of sort of flesh it out, maybe good, bad, ugly, positive, negative, whatever, however we want to do it. It'll be fresh. It is unplanned and unscripted. But what's your overall take watching that one? It felt like a first game. It really did. You know, some jitters, some pieces that you were happy to see. Uh, he played a lot of guys, which obviously we talked a lot about last year, that the bench was short. And so a lot of guys got some meaningful minutes. So what you'd expect, I think, out of Armando and RJ, the, the old reliables, if you will. Uh, I thought Redford really actually uh, made some extremely difficult shots, especially in the first half, to keep them in it. I didn't think our defense was as bad as it maybe it seemed or felt. To folks watching, I thought they made just a lot of shots with a high degree of difficulty and then kind of cooled off in the second half and allowed us to extend it. Uh, plenty to work on, you know, uh, some great flashes from Elliot. You, you see the burst, you see the vision, and you see that he's a freshman. I think he might have started the game with three turnovers and almost the first four or five times he touches the ball. Uh, so he is still a freshman and a young freshman at that. Uh, but you can see the potential. You can see the burst, like I said. And um, 
we do have a lot of pieces, interesting pieces. Uh, you saw some of the new guys hit shots early, which was nice to see. You saw the intensity that I think we're expecting from Cormac Ryan and what he was annoying to play against is now on our side, if you would, uh, kind of being a pest out there. I think Harrison's showed some versatility, uh, but it felt like a first game. And, and my other thought as I was watching and watching these Radford kids hit all these shots is, remember, they just went through a whole spring, summer, and fall of workouts too getting better and making a ton of shots in the gym and getting up a thousand shots, all the stuff that our guys were doing, they were doing too. And so they were excited. They were motivated and, and they played that way. They made some good shots and hung in there. I think we played them again tomorrow. We might win by 35, but it was just that kind of first game feel. And, and uh, I thought we found our way and, and there's plenty to improve on plenty on tape for Hubert to work with. Um, and we'll get into the individuals more, but yeah, it felt like a first game. Yeah, it sort of felt like an old Roy Williams game, right? I'm going to play a bunch of guys. I'm going to get guys some reps and get guys some minutes early, see how they do, and then we'll start sort of molding the lineup as we go. And, uh, you know, people sleep on a team like Radford. I mean, Brian Antoine was a five-star that went to Villanova. I didn't catch why he's at Radford now, but that kid can play. And they've got some other guys that can play. Gone are the days of – every team not in a power five conference or even not in a, a G five conference being terrible because of the portal and all that kind of stuff. And you see that, I mean, North Carolina benefits by the portal, but these other smaller teams do as well. Dewey, one person I want to sort of start with, and it might not be the one you would want to start with, but Jalen Washington for a stretch there late in the second half, midway late second half, showed some aggressiveness, and showed some things that could really help this team down the road if he can stack those type days. You know what I did when I when he made those back-to-back -back aggressive plays? I looked right at the bench and I looked right at Sean. And I wanted to see what his reaction was because obviously Sean coaches the bigs. And um, his enthusiasm for Jalen showing some aggressiveness and a little bit more uh, want to than maybe we saw last year um, – I just I imagine that's what Sean has been talking to him about. Uh, even in his second year, he may not get a ton of shots he, just because of the, the dynamic of the roster and playing behind Armando. So how do you impact the game? You impact the game by out hustling, by getting offensive rebounds, getting loose balls, blocking shots, and getting on the floor for loose balls. And so uh, that was a nice moment to see. He was the benefit also of uh, – uh, of some nice dump offs where he was able to, to put the ball in the basket. So I, I have high hopes for him. Um, I was actually surprised. I mean, I've read everything and, and, and understand it, but I was surprised that Zayden got off the bench before him. Uh, that was an interesting data point. Um, but obviously Zayden's earned it by all accounts. He's been such a pleasant surprise. So um, yeah, look, it's not enough to be big and skilled even against a team like Radford, it's just not enough at this level. You also have to play with, a, with a, a different mentality if you want to get minutes at this level. And so maybe he's beginning to figure that out. It'd be great because we need his size. We need his length. He's got great touch. He's got great feet. Uh, and he showed flashes last year. This was probably the piece that was missing. So it remains to be seen if he can bring that consistently. But like I said, it was interesting to see Sean's reaction to that because I just imagine he's been in his ear about playing a little bit harder. 
And I can imagine having a guy like Zayden High out there who, I'll be honest, I didn't have high hopes or high expectations for him, but he's shown it. Like you said, he, he's earned some some playing time. But even in practice, that is very beneficial for a guy like Jalen Washington to go up against somebody not named Amano Baycott and, and have to play. Um, let, let's go ahead and start at the top. We mentioned Armando. I mean, 25 and 13, I believe he had this is 69th double-double, something ridiculous, some ridiculous number. Of course, he's a, a fifth-year guy now. But uh, what did you see from him, Dewey? I, I saw pretty much the same guy um, with maybe a little bit quicker feet. Um, what did you think from his play, at least in the first game, playing against smaller guys? He still has the ability to clean guys out of there and, and get some some easy baskets. Probably needs to convert a little bit better at times on the easy ones. But what did you say? Yeah, he missed some easy ones. I mean, he could easily have 30. Um, but it's it's stress-free, right? He, he just – he knows who he is. He knows how to play. Um, he knows how to get his. He knows how to carve out space. And uh, he's great around the rim offensive rebound-wise. Um, I just feel like he'll be really reliable. Uh, obviously, he, he stepped out and shot the three that he didn't make, and that's been documented that he's been working on that. And maybe not threes, but 15, 18-footers. It'd be nice if he could catch and shoot those to keep the defense honest. But he just feels uh, he just feels like a comfortable person to see the ball go into because he's been around so long. Uh, he's going to get to the line. He's going to offensive rebound. Um and he's going to finish around the rim most of the time. Uh, he missed a couple easy ones. So, I don't know. It, it's like no, nothing he did was surprising. Uh, and, and that's not saying anything detrimental. It's just this is what we've come to expect. You know, kind of ho-hum, 25 and however many rebounds he had, 13 or 14. And it could have been could have been 32 and 15 just as easily because he missed some chippies. So, um, they were smaller, more, more gifted, as Coach used to say. Um, but I don't, you know, if we were, if it was the first ACC game, it may not have been all that different. You know, this is kind of who he is and, and seems like he'll be provided he's healthy. I thought he had good spring in his step. He looks fit and, uh, you know, we just, we got to have him healthy. Yeah. He needs to stay healthy, but it's pretty easy or it's pretty, pretty big comfort blanket to have a guy that's going to give you 20 and 13 basically every night. We're spoiled. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Baycott does it again, and and I said he missed some chippies. He was ten for sixteen, and he yeah, also percentage hit. percentage was fine. He just that, to the <laughs> naked eye, he missed like easy easy buckets. He could have been thirteen for sixteen, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, we are fortunate to have such an experienced player. Nothing's going to rattle him. He knows everything to expect. Uh, whether it's the, the opening game against Radford with half the stadium full or the, the game at Cameron, he, he's done everything, mm-hmm. every single thing. Uh, and so nothing will phase him. Um, so with health, I, I think this is what we expect. What would you think of the entry passes? I felt like at times in his first four years, getting him fed the ball correctly and on time and in the right spot was a chore sometimes. I, I felt like tonight – especially with Elliot, with, with Cormac, I think Paxson got him one in Paxson. there. Yeah, yeah. Paxson got him too. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a big deal for a guy like Baycott. It is. And, and this is not, I don't mean anything by this other than for the statement that it is. One of the things we struggled with, with Caleb Love was he was careless with the basketball. Mm-hmm. He was careless with the basketball. And so 
he, a lot of the times, if it wasn't RJ, was the one trying to get the ball into Armando, and that was not a strength of his. And so uh, I think it was both a dedicated effort to get him the ball in positions to be successful, um, and then also different guys making those passes that maybe that's a stronger part of their game. I also thought we had some interesting wrinkles in set plays. The opening possession, by way of example, where uh, we ran Paxton off a little diagonal, and he and then uh, – we got a little high-low over the top door of Baycott. We ran another sideline out-of-bounds play in the uh, second half around the six-minute mark where we inbounded the ball on the bottom of the TV screen and ended up getting a, a bunny for Armando. Those were new Those are new sets. That, th- those we have not seen. And so that was encouraging to me that they were trying to find some different ways with some rub screen action. And everybody focuses so much on the three-point shot that when you have a post presence like Armando and you're running shooters off down screens and cross screens. Uh, I think the propensity defensively now in college basketball is to rush to the three point line to guard it, which leaves the, you know, maybe from eight feet under more open. And you see those over the top passes to Armando. Uh, Definitely at least two, maybe even three of those were set plays, not just him clearing out space and getting a lob over the top. So uh, that was an interesting thing to observe uh, some new sets we also ran some more secondary stuff than we have in the past uh, with Harrison at the four. It's like old Coach Williams stuff um, that we haven't seen for a couple of years, which was interesting as well. So uh, I look forward to continuing to watch and see what they do offensively that's different. Um, less pick and rolls than we had the last two years and more, more flow and ball movement. Um, so just interesting things to note. Only one game, but uh, – you asked the question about post entries and I expanded it into other things offensively that I saw. Um, but I, I look forward to watching more to see what else he's put in. Yeah. That's why you're the expert here. We're talking with Dewey Burt, the post game inside Carolina. Uh, you know, we're going to try to do these about 15 minutes after the horn on every game this year, folks. So if you um, are watching the Carolina game, then come to inside Carolina's YouTube channel about 15 minutes after join Dewey and myself and everybody else on the staff that gets into these. Dewey, one guy you mentioned there, Harrison Ingram. I thought at times, and granted, it's one game against Radford, but I thought he looked like he could be the best player on this team, all-around best player. Is that just a hot take, or is or is he exactly what this team needs is sort of that glue, cohesive guy that can do a little bit of everything? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's an imposing physical presence, isn't he? I mean, and Dan Bonner kept saying that on the coverage, uh, 6'7", 230 pounds. He's a big, strong kid that can use both hands. Uh, he showed a couple catch-and-shoot threes. He got to the rim. He had a couple block shots. Um, he also m- missed some bunnies. So, but, but, I mean, from a pedigree perspective, uh, say he'd been here the whole time as a five-star you'd say, well, yeah, he should be. He's a junior. He should be the best player on the team. He's a five-star. But I think, you know, I don't know if he underachieved at Stanford, but it maybe wasn't It wasn't what he thought it would be. Most five-stars ranked as high as him, think they're going to the league after a year, and here he is in his third year at his second school. And so what I like about that is he probably feels like he has a little bit to prove. And so if he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder with the talent and the skill set that he has, absolutely he could be our best player. I mean, there aren't a lot of – six, seven guys walking around in college at that weight with that kind of athleticism that can use both hands, that can catch and shoot, that can guard all five positions, that can handle the ball. Most guys at that size and skill level are already at the next level. Uh, 
for, for the most part. And so something has not totally clicked for his college career just yet. Maybe it happens here in Chapel Hill, but he's tantalizing, that's for sure. So I don't think it's a hot take. I think let's see if he can be consistent and, and do it at the ACC level. Yeah, I love the way he communicates. I mean, he's a great interview, but he does it on the court. And that's I think that'll bode well for North Carolina. What else did you see? We don't need to go down every single player. We'll hit everybody in the early preseason. I thought RJ was RJ. Um, I think Cormac Ryan, you mentioned him earlier. He's going to be that guy that, it, like you mentioned, and, and I've seen it over and over, if he played for the other team, you hate him. And I yeah. think Baycott even referenced that in, in preseason media availability. But when he's on your team, I think Cormac – I said – I thought Cormac – now this was a hot take, Dewey. I haven't told you this one. I said I thought Cormac Ryan could lead the team in scoring on an Inside Carolina podcast earlier for my quote-unquote hot take. But this guy's good, and he is – he's going to be good for North Carolina. What did you see from him, Paxson Wojcik, and those guys out there when they were together? Yeah. So a great, a great data point I can give you. I played golf in July with coach Hass who recruited Cormac to Stanford. And then obviously Cormac left and went to Notre Dame. And when I asked him about him, he said, you guys will love him. He said, everyone else will hate him. You guys will love him. Uh, which I think is accurate. Um, he gives you a little bit of everything. Um, he's got good size, good length. He's an aggressive defender. You're never going to question his effort. Uh, one of the questions here in the in the live chat was: Is Cormac shooting too fast? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, he, he's he's a pretty excitable guy, and so there you go. Um, and so, did he rush a few? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I thought uh, he got his rhythm and settled down, evidenced by the shot fake one dribble three that he hit in front of the bench. That's a sign of a player that's under control, or is he rushed a couple in other parts of the game? Um, but I think he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be your engine from an enthusiasm perspective. And, um, if he shoots the ball, well, then I don't know if he'll lead the team in scoring, but he, he could be the best three point shooter on the team. And we talked a lot last year about being starved for outside shots to fall so that Baycott had room to roam. And so you see Paxson hit a shot. You see Cormac hit a few, you see Harrison hit a few, uh, RJ going to hit a few, um, so we have to make shots because we do have a dominant post player that we want to get the ball into. And, and so hopefully Cormac shoots our highest percentage from three and then everything else he gives you from a hustle and a defensive perspective. Um, it, it's interesting to me because he, he's, uh, he's a guy that coach Williams would have loved. Uh, when I watched the way he plays his enthusiasm, his hustle coach would have loved to coach a kid like Cormac. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about with this North Carolina team, and a lot of people are fretting a little bit about the 7 for 20 from three-pointers or 15 for 23 from the from the free throw line. It's one game, but I don't think folks are going to have to worry about the intensity level that this team brings. Every you know, Granted, seasons get long and guys get tired, but that's what I've noticed, whether it's in practice um, and the little bit of practice we got to see um, hearing about the secret scrimmage, hearing about other things, Dewey, is the intensity that this team brings. And I think depth is a big part of that. Your thoughts on in that regard, I mean, it's it's lacked a few times over the last couple yeah. of years, honestly. And, and this year, I don't, I don't see that as an issue, at least going into it. Well, that'd be good. I mean, we talked just now about 
how Harrison has maybe something to prove. You probably can tell a story if you want, almost about each of the guys in the rotation that could have something to prove. RJ and Armando have something to prove after the way last year went. Um, Withers has something to prove. He's a transfer. Wojcik has something to prove. Wojcik has to prove he can play at this level. He played in the Ivy League. I grew up around the Ivy League. The ACC is a couple steps up, maybe three steps. Um, We talked about Harrison. Um, Cadeau has something to prove coming to college early and proving that he's as good as they say. Uh, Seth Trimble has something to prove after, you know, not getting a ton of minutes and struggling certainly offensively last year. Um, And so Coach Davis has something to prove, right? So do they kind of all have that mentality? Um, And when you combine that with we do have a ton of experience, these transfers that came in have all been around a while. Armando's fifth year, Arjun's fourth year. We've got a ton of experience. And so you shouldn't – we talk about this all the time. You shouldn't ever have to coach effort, but certainly when you're an upperclassman, fifth-year guy, you have you understand the level that you have to to bring it from an intensity level. So the fact that we've got like six of those guys um, ought to uh, lend itself to what you said, which is you know, they may not always shoot the ball well. They may turn the ball over like we did a little bit tonight, and other teams may hit tough shots. But ideally, you never question their effort. And if they, if they play with a chip – Hey, that's that's great. Yeah, then that would that would feel different than than the last couple of years, as you said. Yeah, folks watching this, of course, have followed it. But if you look at, you know, Jalen Withers came from one of the worst teams in college basketball history last year. He's got that. He wants to win. Cormac Ryan was, you know, Stanford and Notre Dame didn't have great years when he was there. He wants to win. He, you know, Oconquo at, at even at West Virginia didn't. Wasn't as good as they thought they would be. So you've got so, that, of course. Like has has Cormac Ryan played in the NCAA tournament? Ever, I don't know, but I know that only two people on this team played on it. Have played. I think only two people on the roster have played in the NCAA tournament. Period. Okay. So Cormac Ryan is in his fifth year or sixth year, right? He's in his sixth year in college basketball. He's never played in the NCAA tournament. Think about it. Yeah, and and we could be off, but 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 if he has played or if they have played, they haven't played much, and they certainly don't yeah. know the taste that Dewey Burke got when he was on the roster at Carolina. Dewey, let's talk about this, and folks, this is the Inside Carolina post game. Three hundred and fifty people in here. Shout awesome. out to everybody that's joined. It's just crazy. Um, Brandon McLean in the chat. I'm gonna give him first dibs on a question, and, and this is. Remember his first game, but what defensive changes do they need to make moving forward? Hard to tell were there mistakes or Radford's ex- Radford just hitting tough shots. What do you see defensively tonight, Dewey? Yeah, I think in the first half, as I said before, and, and as he notes, they hit a bunch of tough shots, especially the little guard, you know, fall away eight footers and, and just they made some tough shots and teams will do that. And teams tend to do that in the Smith Center in the first half. They're so excited to be in that gym and it is a good shooters gym. Um, and, and so that happens. That's happened for 20 years. Um we switched everything on the perimeter, which we didn't do all the time last year. We did that some. We have more conceded effort to send ball screens down to the corner, kind of playing it NBA style. Um, and they actually were switching one through five, which which was interesting, but is an indication 
to me of of Hubert and the staff's confidence that all five guys can guard anybody on there. They don't care, right? We're, we'll switch them all, especially late in the shot clock when Radford ran a couple high ball screens, you know, sub seven seconds, and we just switched them. Um, and so that's a that's a different way of defending. Coach Williams was not that way. Uh, not not saying one's better than the other, just different. And so they were a- actively and aggressively switching. Um, I thought we locked down a little bit better in the second half. Uh, you need to box out a little bit better. I, I believe when I looked, Redford out-rebounded us for the game. Is that right? Should never happen. I believe that's correct. Uh, um, Carolina ended up 37-34, but you're right. It was – it was uh, they had eleven offensive rebounds for Red. Right, yeah. So that's not, that's inexcusable. I mean, that's hustle and and that's missing box outs and things like that that you can coach up. So too early after one game. I appreciate the question to give you adjustments, uh, but just just the observations I gave you about the switching and the ball screen play and and uh, I do think and you mentioned this. Um, I think you were talking about as an as an interview, but. Uh, both Harrison and Cormac communicate very well on the floor. That was very evident because actually RJ and Armando are quieter. You know, they've never been really vocal, even on the floor, even when I've watched practice. Um, and some guys just aren't. Both of those guys are very vocal. I mean, you saw sometimes when they came into the huddle, Cormac was the one talking amongst the five of them, not RJ, uh, which you, you would say the guy who's been here four months maybe wouldn't be the one talking versus the guy who's been here four years. Um, and so with communication comes better defense and better cohesiveness. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and of course the chat always is correct. Cormac Ryan did play an NCAA tournament and, uh, okay. I yeah, I wasn't sure, but it wasn't, yeah, he it went wasn't for, a long run. He went for 29 and beat, uh, Alabama. I think they got the sweet 16 this year, but not a ton of experience. Let's put it that way. And if certainly last year, um, uh, to your point remains, all these guys have a chip. Anything to close us out, Dewey? This has been a, a crazy first post-game podcast. 357 people here. North Carolina wins 86-70. to 70. Um, Hadn't really talked about Elliot Cadeau other than, I think you said, he, he looked like a freshman point guard. What do you think of the starting lineup? I personally like it because I think you need somebody like that off the bench. Um, but mm-hmm. what do you think about Cadeau and maybe the lineups you saw? Yeah, I – with his talent level and his burst and the, the recommitment to playing with pace, I, he's going to play a ton, whether he starts or not. Um, I, you know, with Wojcik, you have more shooting. With Cadeau, you have more explosiveness and pace. Uh, but, yeah, like we said, he he looked like a freshman at times. I, I do think he ter- might have turned the ball over the first three times he touched it um, and then had some beautiful passes, and you see his vision – uh, as I said, you see the burst and his ability to get to the rim and be aggressive about going to the rim. Um, and even the little step back that he, you know, a couple dribbles step back and then he got fouled, but then he made the shot anyway that didn't count, gives you a glimpse. Um, but it will take him some time. You know, Ty Lawson didn't start the first couple games. You know, Bobby started until he got hurt. And, you know, so um, it, it remains to be seen, but he's going to, He's going to have a lot to say and, and factor into how this team goes. And uh, the more that he can create off the ball and create shots for others, uh, I love that if they can defend. I love the idea of him creating easy opportunities for RJ because RJ can score at all three levels. He's good at the rim, he's good in the mid range, and he's good from three. 
but it's hard when you're the facilitator to also get a lot of good looks for yourself. RJ does a good job of it because he's naturally a scorer, but it should be easier for him off the ball. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how many minutes those guys play together and if they can defend. That last point, I think that you just made, uh, they need to be able to defend. I think we saw, um, we've seen in the past, teams would try to pick on RJ a little bit. Cadeau's roughly that same size. It'll be interesting to see how they combat that. Um, it would help um, if Baycott or Jalen Washington or somebody can be a rim protector to bail those guys out. But Dewey, I think it was a good start. I think you get a good win against a decent team. Um, I think Radford will be a decent team all year. They've got some players in North Carolina. Ends up 86 to 70. Hubert Davis's first win in year three. Dewey, my man, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep. Shout out to Johnny T shirt, of course. 10% off if you're a premium subscriber. And shout out to Congruity HR. We'll be, we'll be back all year for post games. And, of course, stay tuned for Inside Carolina's uh, crazy content, North Carolina over Radford. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.